0: This is Kristen Nicole Young, and you're listening to the Headbands and Hard Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome. This is part eight of our End Times series study. So thank you for joining for this many parts of the series. This is part eight. And we're glad that you joined us. So let's jump in. Okay. Well,
1: what we talked about in part seven. So hopefully you'll go back and watch that because it is very much tied to what we're going to talk about today. Because this is the rest of that. So we started talking about um, why is there a gap? We talked about the seventy weeks of Daniel. Uh, that seventy weeks had been decreed for Daniel and for his people, the Hebrew people. Um, that would deal with Jesus coming and also with the last of days. And the 70th week, we've understood, has not yet begun. And so we've been asking this question, why was there a gap between the 69th week and the 70th week? So the 69th week ended whenever Jesus came into Jerusalem to be crucified. Uh, And the 70th week has not yet begun. And so that's just a little bit of a recap. We're answering that question, why has there been a gap? And so our last session, we looked at the feasts of the Lord um, because we get a picture of God's prophetic timetable, the things that God intends to do with his people, but also with all of humanity. Um, And we get that picture through the feasts. So we looked at there are seven feasts. We looked at the four spring feasts, which are Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, um, the feast of weeks, and then Pentecost or the feast of uh first fruits. Okay? Um I'm sorry, not first fruits, but yeah, the feast of weeks. Feast of weeks or Pentecost, that's that's how we know it as, okay? So those are those are the four feasts that happen in the springtime. And I think we ended talking about how um, when Jesus, His first coming, He fulfilled the four spring feasts, mm-hmm. okay, with His first coming. And that there are three fall feasts that have not yet been fulfilled, but will be fulfilled with His second coming, okay? So, again, the feasts of the Lord, they're not Jewish feasts. They are the Lord's feasts. And um, so I want to I just take a little rabbit trail down here. I know that Kristen did a video on... Um, on Sabbath and uh, just recently and was that yesterday or Sunday mm-hmm. um, and you know getting the question a lot like are you Jewish um, well no we're just Christians who are we're the Lord's people you know mm-hmm. and God in the creative ordinance in Genesis he set um, an order he set a rhythm he set a pattern and I think Kristen talked about mm-hmm. all that Um, And and so that's why we observe Sabbath. But also as Christians, as the Lord's people, um, the feasts are also really important to observe. And again, we don't do it to be right with God. We just do it to walk in the ways of God, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus came and he he fulfilled all the requirements of the law uh, because man couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he fulfilled all that for us but now we get to do it in freedom, you know? We get to do it and still follow the ways of God, but there's not this weight on us anymore that, oh, I have to do this to be right with God, and I have to do this to earn salvation, right? Jesus came to free us of that, but we don't turn away from observing, right? We still observe, and the feasts, um, they're, not the, they're not the Jewish feast, they are the, the Lord's feasts, okay? And it says that very clearly, um, in Leviticus chapter 23, which is a one-stop shop for the feast. I mean, you can read about them in other places in the Old Testament, but specifically um, in Leviticus chapter 23, you'll see um, all the different feasts that are mentioned, okay? So, uh, now, so today we're going to pick up with the three fall feasts. So, the first thing that we need to know is what are they? Well, there's the Feast of Trumpets, which is Rosh Hashanah, um, there's the, uh, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur. And then there is the Feast of Booths, or Sukkot, okay, S-U-K-K-O-T. So those are all the Jewish names. But Kristen is going to read in Leviticus chapter 23. Um, we're going to first read about the Feast of Trumpets. So verses 22 to 25, tell us about that.
0: Says, And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right unto, up unto its edge, nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, In the seventh month of the first day of the month you shall observe a day of solemn rest, a memorial co- proclaimed with blast of trumpets a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, and you shall pr- present a food offering to the Lord. Okay, so that tells
1: us about the Feast of Trumpets that the Lord told Moses, You're to observe this. And um, I don't know if it was in that passage, but it's in Leviticus chapter 23, where in talking about the feast, the Lord tells Moses to tell his people, This is to be. A perpetual observance for you like you for all your days like for forever as long as you're on the earth you are to observe these feasts okay and the first feast in the fall is the Feast of Trumpets <clears throat> and we are told uh, like Kristen just read about that and that is um, on the first of Tishri okay Tishri is the Jewish month and for us it's usually September or October okay Uh, usually in that time frame so that's the feast of trumpets and then we've also got day of atonement or yom kippur and we can see that in verses 27 to
0: 28. so if you'll read that 27 says now on the tenth day of the seventh month is the day of atonement it shall be for you a time of holy convocation and you shall afflict yourselves and present a food offering to the lord and you shall not do any work on that very day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God.
1: Okay. So, the day of atonement um, is basically, it happened one day a year. And it was the day that Israel would come before the Lord um, to present a sacrifice in order to atone for their sins. Okay. Now, they made, you know, the sacrificial system, you um, they made uh, morning and evening sacrifices regularly, okay? That was just part of what they did. But once a year, they would come on the Day of Atonement and they would present a sacrifice specifically for their sins and for their sins to be atoned for or to be forgiven, okay? And so that's what that is. So you got the Feast of Trumpets that happens and then 10 days later, you have, uh, the Day of Atonement. And the days in between those feasts are called the High Holy Days. Um, that's not in the Bible, but that's what the Jewish people call it. Um, and it, they're considered to be the holiest days of the year, okay, because of, because of observing the Day of Atonement in particular. That's when they get their sins forgiven. Okay, and then the third feast in the fall is the Feast of Booths, and that is in
0: uh, verse 33. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying... Speak to the people of Israel, saying, On the fifteenth day of this seventh month, and for seven days, is the Feast of Booths to the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work. For seven days you shall, you shall present food offerings to the Lord. On the eighth day you shall hold a holy convocation and present a food offering to the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. You shall not do any ordinary work.
1: Okay. Um, and I just want to make this point too, which is a little bit of a side note. But as Kristen's reading, hopefully you're seeing how that these feasts would fall around the time of Sabbath. and they were told not to do any work, right? They were told to stop everything you're doing, stop your work, stop your daily routines, and observe this feast, okay? Um, so we see that in all three of these feasts, okay? Now, the prophetic elements of the feast okay so what do we what did we say about the feast we said that they are the lord's timetables they're the lord's um appointed times for what he intends to uh, intends to do in in this world and with humanity and with his people so the prophetic elements of first of all let's look at the feast of trumpets or rosh hashanah the prophetic element is, and we're going to dig into this a little bit further uh, in just a minute, but that Jesus will come to call us upward with the trumpet of God, okay? So, we know and understand that, again, the three fall feasts have not yet been fulfilled, and they will be fulfilled at the return, the second coming of Jesus. So, it makes sense that the Feast of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah would be whenever Jesus comes with a trumpet to call his people to himself, right? The rapture is what is it's sometimes called. Um, and maybe you've heard that. That's not the biblical word. Uh, gathering is more what we hear in in the biblical text, okay? So, um, so that's Rosh Hashanah. And then with Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, here is what we see. We see that that Jesus is going to atone completely. Now, we know that if we've trusted in Jesus as our Savior, that He atones for our sins, but if you've heard the term or the phrase, and it's, it's biblical terminology, but the now and the not yet, right, that, that we are saved, but we are being saved, and we will be saved. So, to be saved, there was a time in my life, and I know in Kristen, as she knows the Lord in her life, where we gave our lives to Jesus and we received his gift of salvation to us and so we were saved right but you know a lot of years have passed since I did that and I am being saved every day the Lord is saving me he's saving me from myself he's saving me from my sins he's saving me from my mistakes um (laughs) the Lord the Lord is is saving us but then we know that there's a time coming that we will be saved ultimately right Mm -hmm. when we are rescued from this earth from this life um, we know it's hard we know it's difficult we know we see injustice we see evil we see um, just a lot of hard things and Jesus is going to come and save us from that, right? So that is, yeah, we we look forward to that day. It's not that we don't want to live the life to the full that God has given us, but if we know Him, then there's something, and and I was just having this conversation yesterday with my youngest, with my son Cameron, that's Kristen's youngest brother, um, we, we yearn for, we ache, and, and I love that word because it describes, I think, very well the feeling, the sentiment that we ache for what's to come. We ache for Eden. We ache for things to be set right, and for the tears to be wiped away, and for every injustice to be done away with, and every evil to be made right, and uh, every wrong to be made right. You know, we ache for it, and we long for it, and we know that that time is coming. And we see that in the feasts. We see that in the feasts, we will ultimately be saved, okay? And then the third fall feast is Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And you might be wondering, what is the tabernacle thing about? Well, we know in the wilderness, whenever the children of Israel were wandering around after God had delivered them from Egypt, um, they dwelt in tents. They dwelt in these temporary um, dwellings, and so the Feast of Booths is a remembrance of that, but it also points to the future when we will dwell with God in heaven forever, right? That God will make His dwelling among men, um, and that that feast, the Feast of Tabernacles, will be ultimately fulfilled when Jesus returns and takes us to be with Him, And we will dwell with God in heaven forever, okay? And so, that's good news. And that's stuff to look forward to. Um, Now, and I'm going to go into this briefly. And then this will be the end of this session. And then the next session, we're going to get more into um, the actual, the Great Tribulation. And what those days are going to look like. And the Antichrist. And the Mark of the Beast. And, you know, all the things that we kind of wonder about. We're going to get into that next. So, but we're wrapping this up, and so to wrap this up, I want to go back and look at Rosh Hashanah for just a minute, okay? Um, I did some study on this years ago and found it very interesting. So I'm, I'm going to just just mention these notes, okay, that I have. So so it is it is a day of judgment and reckoning. So whenever the Jewish people celebrate Rosh Hashanah, they know and understand it to be a day where they are... Um, observing and understanding that judgment um, and reckoning is coming, okay? That's why they look forward to the Day of Atonement because if we're not right with God, you know, we don't want to be on that side. We want to be on the side where we are right with God because God is going to and He's not a mean God. He's not, uh, you know, He's not. He's not mean. He's loving but He's a just God. And what does that mean? That means that He's not gonna let sin and evil go undealt with. Mm-hmm. There is coming a day where God is gonna say, that is enough, and He's gonna deal with it completely and finally, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they understand that, but then they know that because of atonement, they know that because of um, their sins being forgiven, that um, it's going to be a good outcome for them and not a bad outcome, but they do stop and think at Rosh Hashanah. They stop and think, you know what, uh, judgment and reckoning is coming, right, and so it's, we need to understand that about Rosh Hashanah. Um, the second thing is that Rosh Hashanah marks and commemorates the sixth day of creation, Okay. Um, There's a lot of significant stuff about that that I won't go into, but the sixth day of creation, we know that six is the number of man, we know that six is an incomplete number, that seven is the perfect and complete number, right? Um, So, there are a lot of things going on about that, but it commemorates the sixth day of creation, which we also know is when man was created, right? So, uh, then the next thing is that Tishri, and now this is where it gets kind of interesting, that Tishri... Uh, I mean, Rosh Hashanah is observed on the first and the second day of Tishri, okay? So, so what's significant about that, the reason that they did that was this was, a, um, this was a feast that was celebrated. It was a new moon, okay? They were looking for the new moon because they knew that at the new moon, that was the first of the month, and that would be when their feast would begin. Well, if you think about this, think about a new moon, um, and I don't even know. People don't even I don't think, look in the skies anymore, hardly ever, and we, maybe we, you live in the city and the lights are so bright you can't see it, but it would be really good if we made a habit of trying to go see the moon, you know, regularly and just see what's up there, but, but they would um, they would look for the new moon, and if you think about a new moon, it's it's a tiny little sliver, right? It's just a little bitty sliver in the sky as the moon will has you know it's gone through its process of waning and has then kind of disappeared and then it comes back as a little bitty sliver until it waxes and is a full moon so they were looking for the new moon and it's a little bit hard to spot because it is so small and so you know skinny or tiny or whatever uh it's just a little bit harder to see than a big bright full moon so now they would be looking for the new moon and the reason that they would celebrate Rosh Hashanah for two days was in just in case they missed the new moon, you know, they were looking for it. And the um, so Yom Kippur, the day of atonement was 10 days from Tishri, right? And the day of atonement was so important. It was so important. They could not miss it. They had to make sure that 10 days later, they were celebrating the Day of Atonement, which meant they had to make sure that they started celebrating Rosh Hashanah at the right time. Hopefully, everyone's tracking with me. Is that making sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it was really, really important that they celebrated that feast on two days, just to make sure. It was like, as a precautionary measure, they wanted to make sure that they did not miss celebrating Rosh Hashanah. So they would celebrate it on the first and the second of Tishri, okay? While the officials were looking for the new moon. Now what would happen in the old days is that um, when they spotted the new moon, they would send riders on horseback out into the countryside to declare to all the people the new moon, we see the new moon, right? So it is now time to celebrate Rosh Hashanah. The thing is, is that the people would wait, they didn't know the day or hour that the new moon would be declared. And they had to know when the new moon would be declared so they could celebrate the feast. So it's a two day feast, it's celebrated two days because they didn't know the day or hour that the new moon would appear. And hopefully that's sounding a little bit familiar, the language. Um, You know, Jesus said that when He returns that we won't know the day or the hour, right? Now, what Jesus did make clear is that we can know the season, right? Just like with Rosh Hashanah, they knew they were about to celebrate this feast. They knew they were about to have the Feast of Trumpets. They just didn't know the day or hour that it was officially going to begin. So, they had to look to the skies. They had to look to the skies and wait to see when the new moon came, the day and the hour that it would appear, okay? Now, I'm gonna go ahead and draw the parallels. Hopefully I don't even have to draw the parallels, but I'm gonna go ahead and do that, okay? Because we know that Jesus told us, don't know the day or hour, we are gonna look for him, okay? The Feast of Trumpets is the time that He will return. Now, you might be thinking, wait, 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 wait a second. You know, don't be saying, like, are you saying He's returning? You know, this Feast of Trumpets? No, no one is making a a claim of a date here, but we just know that according to God's word, God has made it clear that the feasts are His timetable. The feasts Mm -hmm. are what God chooses to work with and by, and those are His appointed times, okay? So He has let us know that, yes, we're always to be looking for the return of Jesus. Yes, we're always to be ready and living um, for His return, but we know that He is going to return at the Feast of Trumpets. Now, again, we won't know the exact day or hour, you know, but we will have a general idea. Why will we have a general idea? Because we will have been watching the signs, right? We will be looking for the signs that Jesus has already given to us. He's given us those signs. He told us in Matthew 24 what the signs would be that would precede His coming, okay? And so when those things have happened, and then it's time for the for the celebration of Rosh Hashanah. We need to be ready, right? We need to be ready. So, hopefully, you're understanding how important the feasts of the Lord are, and why, as Christians, um, in in modern times, we would still want to observe them. Because as we observe them, I mean, even now, as I'm telling you about them, to a, to a degree, we're observing them, right? Because we are understanding. That they are a timetable God's going to work with, they are His appointed times, Um, but the more that we observe them, the more we understand what is being said, and the more it is ingrained into our minds and our hearts and our memory, okay? So hopefully you see that and understand that and the importance of it. Now I'm going to close with this, um, so we started with asking this question of why the gap, Okay. Um, We know that God, you know, Israel had rejected her Messiah, and so God said, you know what? That's like the straw that broke the camel's back, even though God didn't say that in the sense of, like, I'm never going to come back to you, and I've broken my covenant with you. We know that God has not broken His covenant, and He will return, you know, to His people to to draw them to Himself, okay? But He is going to offer salvation to the Gentiles. So, We learned that and then we looked at the feasts and so I'm going to reiterate, there are four spring feasts, okay? The first coming of Jesus, those four spring feasts were fulfilled, okay? The three fall feasts, we know those feasts will be fulfilled with his second coming. Now let's think about what's in between and I think I may have mentioned this on the last session, but in between spring and fall is summer, okay? What is going on in the summer? In the summer, all that was planted in the spring is growing and producing fruit, and then as it continues to grow and produce fruit is then harvested in the fall, okay? Now, I'm gonna draw the analogy, I'm gonna draw the parallel, but I think you probably see it, that when Jesus left the earth from his first visit here, okay, when he left, he gave the disciples a job to do which was to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, right? And that is what God is allowing this gap to be for. He is allowing the gospel to go forth into all the earth, into all the world, and for it to produce fruit and for people to come to know Jesus so that more and more and more can come into the kingdom before he comes back, right? Before he comes back for a day of judgment and reckoning and to set the world right so i hope that you're seeing the picture and the importance of the feasts and how they play into how they do give us a picture they give us an understanding of um of where we are even now and of what's to come and so uh, i would encourage you to further dig into those i would encourage you you don't have to be jewish to celebrate them and to celebrate them does not make you Jewish okay mm-hmm. to celebrate them makes you um, a person who observes the Lord's ways right mm-hmm. who walks in the ways of the Lord okay mm-hmm. so that is all uh, like I said for the next session we're gonna start getting into and it's, it's heavy it's hard um, but it is—it's for some reason it's the stuff we get fascinated with and about, you know. Like, it's what you oh. came here for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mark of the beast, and you know we saved it until the very end, and not to make you watch every session. But there's a reason why we've been building up um, to this point, and we'll talk about the great tribulation, who, the antichrist. Where is he going to come from? The mark of the beast. Um, the B system and you know the all you know but can't buy sell or trade well you can't buy or sell um, what are those days going to look like how do we live how do we prepare uh, Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. so that's what we're going to start getting into next week and it will more than likely be a two session um, deal but we'll see how it goes
0: yeah yeah uh, I think you'll be uh, really interested in when we start talking about that I hope you've been interested so far but Uh, I think that's when it's really gonna get interesting. And this was a lot of the reason why I wanted to do this series is all of this backstory is super vital and important, but I think just the the times that we're living in now, um, it's just really interesting. Like when you study eschatology and then you look at where our world is now, you think, Holy cow. Yes. And so I think it'll be really interesting for us to dive into that. And then also to just know, you know, where we're at in culture, where we're at in society. And you can easily pinpoint things, I think, a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And you can say, oh, that is a segue to something else, or mm-hmm. that could be part of the beast system, or, you know, X, Y, and Z. So, anyway, thank you for joining, watching this video. So excited to um share next video and hope you come back for that one and you can save share and subscribe bye